Sup, you beautiful bastards. Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show. Hope you have a fantastic Tuesday. And yes, it is true. I am wearing the same hoodie for three days in a row. Weather here right now is cold and wet, and this is now the most comfortable thing that I own. And I'm not just saying that because you'll be able to buy one on Monday, November 21st, along with all this other goodness. But hey, we got a lot of news and stories to get through today, so buckle up, hit that like button, and let's just jump into it. Starting with... I'm sorry. Also, that might be confusing. I'm not sorry. What your mother and I did was a beautiful thing that I do not regret. Rather, True Jordy is sorry. Putting out a video titled, I'm sorry, in relation to what happened around his interactions with Andrew Tate. And True Jordy, for those that don't know, he's a big YouTuber, podcaster. He's well known in the combat sports commentary space. Okay, so what the hell happened? Well, you might not be aware of this. I wasn't until this story came out. Andrew Tate recently said that he switched to the Islamic faith. With this happening around the same time that there were rumors that Andrew Tate and True Jordy were actually going to box. Right, they have some beef. Tate even suggesting fighting both Jordy and KSI on the same night. But right now, nothing's come of it, right? It's a lot of talk, posturing. But then, in a live stream on Sunday, someone asked Drew Jordy about fighting Andrew Tate, and, and initially his co-host seems to be kind of joking or insinuating that Andrew Tate is uh, falsely adopting the faith. Which, hey, I don't know what's happening in Tate's heart or mind. I don't know if it's true, but if it was, like, he wouldn't be the first person to adopt a faith, to, to use it as a PR shield or sword or just for promotion. But then, Drew Jordy, Brian, he takes it a step further. Are you fighting Andrew Tate, mate. And oh, come on. Andrew Tate's got God on his side oh, now. Man. There's no way Brian would win that. Um, although I would gladly blow myself over if I could take that shit bag with us. Um, That's the use of a stereotype there, which is obviously not what he. Uh, I'm just saying, if he really wants to prove it, do, do the right thing. <laughs> let's see how it's a stereotype. Let, let's see how about that life you really are. As, yes, although yeah. Not all Muslims. Right, so you can kind of see at the end his co-host trying to do some preemptive damage control. But eventually the clip gets to Tate and he responds. There's very few people I personally dislike. One of them is True Jordy. So this person is genuinely a piece of shit. And now, after me converting to Islam, he made a piece on one of his podcasts saying that I'm not true in my conversion and then insulted all Muslims. Then the Muslims blow themselves up and that I should go blow myself up. We should all blow ourselves up making racist comments about, uh, about an entire religion as if that's somehow funny. Let me tell you something, my friend, and if True Jordy, if you're watching this, this is a message directly to you. There are certain times in life you need to know when to shut the f up. There are certain things which are not funny, certain things that are not beyond reprisal. You don't sit and insult a man's religion, but to insult my religion and the religion of billions of people across the fucking planet, making ignorant jokes about fucking blowing ourselves up, thinking that it's going to go without consequence, you're going to learn very quickly, my friend. That was a mistake. And obviously it wasn't just Tate reacting to this. More people came out and criticized True Jordy for his comments. Comments like True Jordy being Islamophobic and perpetuating harmful stereotypes on a public platform and laughing about it is completely ridiculous, especially from someone with a platform as big as his. Anyone saying anything like this shouldn't be representing the scene. Which brings us to the video, I'm sorry. And in that he apologizes for his comments, calling them stupid. You know, it was one of those off the cuff remarks that uh, I made in a, a, with a total lack of thought. And I used uh, an unrealistic stereotype mm -hmm. to take aim at someone who seriously dislikes me. Obviously, I don't believe that's what Muslims actually do. And I don't actually want Mr. Potato Head to die as much as I don't really like him. Um, it was a very stupid thing to say. It was an idiotic joke. Uh, one I'm sorry for. He also goes on later in the video to apologize directly to his co-host Lawrence and his family because Lawrence's wife and children are Muslim. When when Lawrence's son was born, it meant a lot, you know, mm -hmm. to me. 
And to think that anyone would think that uh, that that's like a thing that's in me. When I have so much like love for your family. It was just such a stupid moment, you know? And as far as the reaction to it, it's very hard to see. And what I mean by that is like right now, if you go to like a social blade, it doesn't appear that there's like been a massive movement to unsubscribe from him yet that hit like 10,000 subscribers or anything like that. But as of recording, most of the top comments on that video seem to be criticizing Jordy. Comments like you can tell he's not sorry, he's just afraid of being canceled. It's actually crazy how low people will steep. People also questioning the sincerity because at the end he says hit the like button, as well as how does an apology for casual racism turn into a pity party for Brian's personal life? With that, in reference to after the apology, Brian talked about things in his personal life. But as far as the idea that this video is meant to be damage control or just to stop him from being canceled, at least currently from a monetization standpoint, he did take some damage. Because this morning, Gymshark, the workout apparel brand, cut ties with him, saying in a statement on Twitter, we do not condone racism, discrimination, or Islamophobia in any form. We do not agree with the comments made by Brian, aka True Jordy, and have suspended our relationship with him indefinitely, effective immediately. But ultimately, that's where we are right now. We'll have to wait to see if there's reactions, updates, what comes from here. But while we wait, I'll pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts on any and all aspects of this story. And then, Nikita Dragon has been arrested for battery of a cop. And I'm not being clickbaity here. That is the news that's coming out. Some big news around the massive online personality, but I do want to note, there's been some conflicting reporting here. But according to TMZ, which claims to have a copy of the police report, the incident happened yesterday when Nikita started walking around the pool area of a Miami Beach hotel naked, also allegedly acting disorderly with security, telling police that at one point she threw water at them after they asked her to stop causing the disturbance. So they say they call the police, and when the cops get there, it's said they go up to a room with security where they find Nikita allegedly blaring music. They knock, she doesn't answer. They knock again, she finally opens the door, and so they say she's gonna have to stop or she'll be kicked out. And to that, she allegedly slams the door in their faces, so they knock yet again, with Nikita allegedly opening the door again and saying, do you want more? They're then allegedly throwing an open bottle of water at them, and voila, arrested. And so now, she's been booked on felony battery on a police officer, misdemeanor disorderly conduct, and misdemeanor battery. And with this breaking in the middle of the day, I mean, we're, we're gonna have to see what else comes from this, also if Nikita makes a public statement. And then, we've got a dirty little toad liquor problem. Apparently, according to the National Park Service, right now they are begging people to stop because apparently licking hallucinogenic toads has become a popular activity. And specifically, we're talking about the Sonoran Desert Toad, also known as the Colorado River Toad. It's actually the second most toxic in the world, and it naturally secretes a potent toxin containing DMT. Right, it's got these glands on its back as a defense mechanism to confuse predators that are trying to eat it, but clearly, evolution didn't anticipate how much humans like to, I believe the term is, get completely fucked off their mind. Because instead of predators thinking, ooh, food, you got people thinking that dragging their tongues along the seven inches of this amphibian will get them so high they'll see God. Which, as it turns out, is actually a myth. Because apparently if you snort, smoke, or inhale DMT, you will get your desired effect. But with licking the toad, reportedly it does nothing except make you sick or potentially kill you. With the service stating, as we say with most things you come across in a national park, whether it be a banana slug, unfamiliar mushroom, or a large toad with glowing eyes in the dead of night, please refrain from licking. Thank you. Side note, National Park Service, if you put that on a fucking shirt, I would buy it. If you don't do it, I will. I gotta show of fun. And as far as why DMT or even like these toads in particular have gained so much notoriety, it's because, well, more people have just been talking about it. And in particular, high profile figures. I mean, you even have the likes of Hunter Biden writing about using it for addiction treatment. Mike Tyson going on the Joe Rogan podcast to talk about it. I don't think you should listen to the people who say you shouldn't you do know? it too much. I think you should do it as much as you want. That's what I agree with too. Yeah. I agree. You could handle it. If you um, could handle being Mike Tyson, 
You can handle doing DMT if you're tired. DMT. Rogan also speaking more extensively about the toad on other episodes of the show as well. But a key thing that I want to note for you is while DMT remains controversial with some pushing for more research into its medical benefits and others warning of its risks, the drug is currently classified as a Schedule 1 drug in the United States, meaning it is very illegal. But also, I don't know how serious people are going to take that because marijuana is also a Schedule 1 drug. But more specifically with this story, wildlife experts have also recently sounded the alarm that Sonoran desert toads are in danger now of becoming extinct because they're being overexploited for the drug trade. So do mushrooms like a normal person. That's not the message. I'm joking. Or am I? And then, are you looking for a great gift that everyone needs this holiday season? Well, thanks to our sponsor, Raycon, we've got you covered. Raycon's wireless earbuds give you amazing audio quality wherever you go for half the price, which makes you, being the gifter, pretty happy. Also, their wireless earbuds, headphones, and speakers offer premium sound and useful features with up to 54 hours of battery life. Raycons are sleek and stylish and come in a range of colorways to match anyone's style. Also, if you didn't know, they are Siri and Alexa compatible. Plus, they're so comfortable with optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, so they won't budge, and trust me, they will not budge. And you can actually find Raycon in stores now, like Kohl's or Walmart, but let me tell you, you will always get the best deal by going to buyraycon.com slash DeFranco. So click that link in the description or go to buyraycon.com slash DeFranco and use early BF to get 20% off site-wide. Or save even bigger and get 30% off Raycon's exclusive holiday bundles. Plus, look for different deals coming throughout the season, and you can always go to buyraycon.com slash DeFranco to get the best deals available on Raycon. And then, Polish women need to stop drinking so much alcohol. No, that's not a weird new stance I have. Rather, it's what Jaroslav Kaczynski, the leader of the country's ruling party there, claims is partially the cause of the country's dropping birth rate, which notably is far behind the EU average. Now, opposition members and activist groups have been outraged at his comments and claimed the 73-year-old bachelor is out of touch with his sexist comments, especially when you consider that he specifically blamed women's drinking for the low birth rate without even considering that heavy drinking among men is equally as bad for fertility. Though, it kind of appears he explained his thinking behind that when he claimed with zero proof and even saying with zero proof that feels a little bit too light, completely falsely that the reason women were such a concern is that they only take two years to develop alcoholism compared to 20 for men, which to reiterate is a baseless lie that he just word vomited. And I mean, actually regarding the issue at hand, critics have different theories for why Poland's birth rate is so low, right? There are claims that the policies Kaczynski and his party push are partially to blame for the low birth rate. In particular, they've pushed for heavy restrictions on abortions, people saying that discourages many women from wanting to get pregnant or even do anything that could risk pregnancy. And honestly, that's just one of a number of things that experts have pointed to. There could be a ton of factors. This even including things like economic outlooks and increasing development, because as it turns out, as countries develop, it's common for the birth rate to drop. And all of that's without mentioning just the, the top level, surface level thing. I feel like it's so weird to say there are fewer babies because people are drinking, because in my experience, a little bit of alcohol is especially helpful in making babies. And then we're running out of drugs. And I don't mean the fun kind, because I don't do those, because I'm a good boy, currently, for now. I feel like I might need them over the next four to eight years. Stop it. Get some help. Rather, what I'm talking about is the United States and amoxicillin. Right, amoxicillin, an extremely common antibiotic. It's a frontline drug, meaning it's often one of the first that you'll take if your doc thinks that you have a bacterial infection. And this issue also extends to the beautiful bastards in the North, you Canadians. And as far as why is this happening, right, did a factory go under? No, it's simply because of increased demand. Amoxicillin is currently used for young patients with respiratory illnesses, and across the U.S. and Canada right now, there's been a huge spike. And as far as why this is happening, that's being debated and contested. But there are many experts that think because many children were isolated for years during the COVID-19 pandemic, their immune systems aren't as equipped to deal with communicable respiratory diseases. Also, I don't want you to get confused. I know recently we talked about RSV on the PDS, but that is a viral infection and amoxicillin will do fuck all to help with that directly. Though amoxicillin does help in fighting off bacterial infections that occur after getting a viral infection, because right? often your immune system shot after that, which is why you might end up with like bronchitis the next month or so. So with all that, it's possible that you're going to need to shop around pharmacies looking for the drug. And that may end up being the case until the end of the year, or if some experts are to be believed, possibly until early next year. So yeah, important news, especially 
as millions and millions of people get ready for uh, Thanksgiving and holiday travel. Or I guess alternatively, if you don't want to go to these things, you could just point them to this video and it's an amazing excuse. You're welcome. And then, I don't know if you know this, it's kind of gone under the radar. There is a, an election today. A what? Yeah, what? News to me. And shocker, it's already a shit show in a lot of places. First up, I mean, just a few hours into voting in Maricopa County, Arizona, we saw reports of malfunctioning ballot counting machines at some locations. But some immediately using this to promote conspiracies about election fraud. But according to Maricopa officials, the issues which affect about 40 of the county's 223 voting centers, they involve tabulation machines rejecting valid ballots or failing to read them, but also emphasizing that no one is being stopped from voting and no ballots are being mishandled. With the chairman of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, who is a Republican, saying in a statement, none of this indicates any fraud. This is a technical issue. But still, we've seen a number of right-wing voices on social media saying this is evidence of fraud. But also, I mean, here's the thing. These kinds of fraud claims were expected in Maricopa, whether it be technical issues or not. We just didn't know what exactly it would look like because it's home to more than half of all of Arizona's voters. And more importantly, it was a big focus of Trump's false election fraud claims in 2020. But Arizona isn't the only place we're seeing bullshittery. In Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis' administration is trying to block federal election monitors from the Department of Justice from accessing polling locations in three of the most populous counties in the state. And a key thing here, this after the DOJ announced yesterday that it was sending federal monitors to 64 different jurisdictions in 24 states to make sure they're following federal voting laws. And notably, that's a major increase from the 44 jurisdictions the agency sent monitors to in the last election, further emphasizing the increased threats to democracy here. And what makes Florida's Republican Secretary of State's attempts to block these monitors so bizarre is that the DOJ has sent these monitors to elections for nearly half a century. The department officials have told reporters that they're normally not controversial. So as a result, you have federal officials saying the move from Florida's top election official could undermine protections for minority and disabled voters. But Florida also not alone here. Missouri's Republican Secretary of State has also rejected the DOJ's efforts to send monitors from the Justice Department to Cole County. This, despite the fact that they were only looking into concerns that some polling locations were not ADA compliant for people with disabilities. Meanwhile, in Harris County, Texas, we're seeing reports that voters are facing long lines and delays due to problems with voting machines, forcing some people to leave without voting. Also, in addition to the expected flood of misinformation online, we're seeing threats of violence. And very notably there, one voting center in New Orleans even had to be moved because of a bomb threat. Meanwhile, on the other side, you had people fighting against voter suppression. This including Pennsylvania Senate candidate John Fetterman, who along with other Democrats filed a lawsuit challenging the state's plan to not count mail-in ballots that were undated or improperly dated. Or we talked about that yesterday, it could affect thousands and thousands of votes. And in Wisconsin, a judge refused a request from an election-denying Republican state lawmaker to delay or prevent the counting of military ballots in the state. And I do want to note, these are just some of the things that have arisen as of this morning. While I won't be streaming it, I'll obviously be paying close attention to major developments, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. But as far as what happens next, I'm not sure when you're watching this, but we can expect the first polls to close at 6 p.m. Eastern time in parts of Indiana and Kentucky. Also, if you're watching this while it's still Tuesday where you are, you can check what time polls close in your state. I'll link down below. It'll be one of the top links. Uh, the New York Times is a really helpful interactive map. Also, if you're not yet registered to vote and you still want to and you're the biggest procrastinator in the world like I normally am, fun fact, nearly half of all states have same-day registration and I'll link to resources down below if you want to try and jump in on it. But Final thing that I want to talk about, as we start seeing results, like I talked about yesterday, it may take days or even weeks for final outcomes to come in. It's possible we might not know who controls the House or Senate by the time you go to sleep, though there are a few key elections that should give us some insight. Or because parts of Indiana and Kentucky have the earliest poll closing times, those areas will be the first indicators of how the election's going. And regarding battleground states that could decide the future of the House, you have to keep an eye on Virginia, where polls close at 7 Eastern. That's home to three key districts, though vote counting may actually be faster in North Carolina's vacant 13th district. They not only end voting early, but also so they're historically fast. And then of course, Georgia's Senate race is gonna be a great monitor. While it's believed it could go to a runoff, it's also expected to be one of the first Senate races where we'll actually get extensive results in. And that can indicate how major demographic blocks are voting. But for now, we'll wait. We'll see if you, you chose to be a part of the process this year. Thank you. Maybe. I don't know you. And that's where that story and today's show ends. My name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you tomorrow.